Retro Fam, welcome back to the show. Of course, I am your host, Dylan Bowman, and we are back with our annual end of year podcast to review and celebrate the 2023 year in trail running as usual for the third year in a row. Corinne Malcolm is my co-host here to help break it all down. Free Trails Editor-in-Chief, Trail Society co-host, great coach in the sport and my thought partner. She is back and better than ever to close another season. I run through all the categories that we banter about at the beginning of the episode, so I won't repeat them here. Instead, what I just wanted to say before getting to the show is that this podcast is now surprisingly almost four years old. It's hard to believe, but I think we posted our first episode in December of 2019. We were very inconsistent to start, and then I really just fell in love with the show and doing it during the pandemic, and slowly but surely and shockingly, it has sort of become my job, and Free Trail has slowly become my life's work, and many of you know that it's just a dream come true. As a long-time, lifelong sports radio guy, I've always dreamed of having my own show, and it really is an honor and a privilege to have this platform and to do this show every single week. I don't say it enough, so I just wanted to say here that I deeply, deeply appreciate each and every one of you for listening to the show and to the other shows in the Free Trail Network. If it's not clear, this is just so fun for me. I love the sport, I love my job, and I so appreciate everyone who listens to the show and or who supports us in some way. We work incredibly hard and you guys make it worth it every single day. So I just wanted to acknowledge that publicly here as we approach the end of the year. Of course, we couldn't make this our life's work without our partners who make our efforts possible. We are grateful for the support of Speedland, Gnarly Nutrition, and Ketone IQ, all amazing products. And you can find a bunch of links and discount codes in the show notes here. So click through and grab some extra Christmas prezzies for yourself or the trail runners in your life or in your family. We also now have the ability to gift Free Trail Pro memberships. So if you feel like connecting a friend or loved one with a global community of passionate trail runners, you can find a link and instructions for how to do that in today's show notes. 2023, year in review. Happy holidays, everybody. The Free Trail Podcast is presented by the brand new GS Oak. From Speedland, the fifth footwear commission from the world's coolest brand, the GS Oak was designed in collaboration with Speedland athlete Liam Lonsdale and also in collaboration with fellow independent running brand Path Projects. The GS Oak features all the great Speedland design considerations you know and love. Double boa fit system, proprietary drop-in midsole, removable carbon plate, 100% beaded HTPU external midsole, Michelin outsole, and all the trademark Speedland quality and durability to help you dominate your local trails. The gorgeous pink, purple, and black colorway might be my favorite yet. The GS Oak is made in extremely limited quantities, and I can't emphasize that enough. We do anticipate selling out, so get on it now. Pre-order is open at runspeedland.com with delivery scheduled in late December, just in time for Christmas. Runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off your purchase. Corinne Malcolm, 
Welcome back to the Free Trail Podcast. It has been a minute. How are you? It has been a minute. I am. I'm good. We're like in the end of the year push, which I think independent of whatever industry you work in is a bit crazy. And uh, yeah, surviving is thriving. And we're going to be bringing that energy into the new year. <laughs> no doubt. You are, of course, our most frequently appearing guest on the show slash co-host on the show, but it has been a while, as I said at the top here. So it's great to have you back for some classic banter here for our end of year pod. I think this is our third year in a row doing this together. And there is yeah. no one I would rather relive the amazing moments of 2023 with. So it's great to have you back. Yeah. I've recorded in various guest bedrooms, generally speaking, for this episode. And it feels pretty good to be like in my home office, like feeling pretty grounded this year. Yeah. So just to set the context for our listeners, the categories that we will be taking through as we have the last couple of years. First, the Trail Runners of the Year will probably go through our top five, respectively. We'll probably have honorable mentions in there as well, as we are wont to do. We will go through some of the top performances of the year for men and women. We'll talk about some of the FKTs of the year for men and women. Rookies of the year. P these are people who we expect to have very bright futures and who are sort of newer to the professional and competitive racing circuits around the world. We will talk about some of the overall overarching stories of the year, of which there are many here in 2023. We will recognize the Bill Duper Spirit Award recipients. These are individuals who make a significant impact on the global trail running community, independent of dominating races and accumulating podium performances. And then we will sort of wind things down by giving some predictions for 2024 and, you know, sort of recapping some of our personal highlights and, and then our goals for next year individually. So those are our categories, Corinne, before we jump into it and relive again, some of these amazingly positive memories of 2023. I think it is important that you and I talk about the elephant in the room. Tell the people obviously what I'm I'm talking about here and then you and I can just ad address that quickly before we go on to the rest of the show. Yeah, for those of you who don't live on Instagram like some of us, um, I announced, I think a couple weeks ago now at this point that my relationship with UTMB was ending, that I had had a call with them and that in my current position, um, being critical publicly of the UTMB organization, though... I would like to say that you can be critical from a place of love and wanting things to be better for everyone um, was basically, you know, decided that I couldn't be a part of the commentary team if I was going to be publicly critical of the event in any way, shape or form. Um, I'm privately critical of the event because I work for the PTRA. I am in meetings with UTMB um, fairly frequently to discuss changes that have to happen to the like to the event. Um, but some of my public criticisms over what I've been calling the ironmanization of the sport were not well received, and that is their prerogative. Um, but the community really came out to support me, and unfortunately, some stray bullets were flying in some of that. And uh, Western states and uh, my gracious co-host Dylan Bowman got nicked by more than a few stray bullets. And I think the biggest thing on my end is that while we can all have feelings about where the sport is headed. Um, good and bad and otherwise i just want to be very clear that you know like i am i am team free trail i am team dylan bowman i am team western states and that um you, like our relationship isn't changing um 
you know, like we're going to continue to bring you amazing coverage at races, pre and post race, including um, at races like Western States in June. There were lots of messages that I got that were very upset that I might not be there. And I had to assure them quickly that that would not be changing, that I would be in my Hawaiian shirt. My bangs would be trimmed. I'd be looking ready to go for 20 hours of live commentary with you come the end of June. So just really wanted to be clear on that is that I really respect Western states and the board and the RD over there, um, as do I respect our relationship and free trails kind of like standing in the sport and um, don't want that to change. But you will not find me at any uh, by UTMB events, unfortunately, for the time being, um, despite having a lot of love for the OG UTMB Mont Blanc. Um, But yeah, that's that's the uh, the air clearing for now. But people can always slide into my DMs if they have any hot, spicy takes for me. Yeah. And what a wild end of the year it has been. You and I have both been caught in the middle of a lot of this friction that's emerged in the sport. And it's unfortunately that you are a casualty here. Obviously, everybody who listens to the show knows and loves Corinne Malcolm and recognizes you as the best commentator in the world. So it is truly their <laughs> their loss. And yeah, I did catch some heat on social media. So I wanted to also use this time to publicly reinforce my support for Corinne Malcolm and Free Trail's support for Corinne Malcolm. We were just talking about all the amazing work that you did for Free Trail this year. You're an amazing contributor to our team. I love working with you and I can't wait to do a lot more of it uh, in 2024 and beyond at Broken Arrow, Western States, et cetera. And people may not know, because I think the reason why I got caught up in it is that people maybe assumed that you were dismissed, but I wasn't. And so yeah, totally. just making it clear also that I haven't worked for UTMB for probably 18 months at this point, although I left for, you know, much shallower economic reasons than Corinne's noble and uh, mission-bound reasons. But, um, you know, the f- facts are that, you know, Corinne and I are great partners and great friends, and you have my full support and Free Trail's full support. And we yeah. look forward to and working this- together. Much more. This statement the comes under no duress. <laughs> yes. We are this we, we are happy to make this statement. Yes. There, Harmony is not standing off screen, like <laughs> holding up cue cards. We're right. uh yeah, no, it's been it's been a wild couple of weeks. And I just want to again, yeah, reiterate the the thank and the, the love from the community. It means a lot knowing that you all appreciate what we do. Um, and we're gonna keep keep doing it and keep supporting you all, the competitors, the the spirit of the trail and ultra community and uh 2024 is going to have some some cool shit go down yeah and it was really heartwarming to see the community rally to your defense and uh yeah like i said there's going to be a lot of great opportunities for us to work together in the future and you i'm sure will have platforms on many different broadcasting channels so it's going to be another fun year in 2024 with all that being said make sure you listen to trail society Coming up here, actually, by the time this one's released, your episode will probably be up already on Trail Society for those who are listening. If you want a deeper retelling of the sequence of events, make sure you go click through and listen to that one. But Corinne, let's start celebrating 2023. Start talking about more positive feelings here with some of our trail runners of the year. We just concluded voting about five days ago on fantasy.freetrail.com. It's year two of trail runner of the year. So let's start talking about who we picked and why. Maybe we can start with you and start with the women. Yeah, so it's, uh, I will, 
while we'll talk probably more in depth about my top my top five, um, I might just run through my top 10 because I have them in front of me. Sure. Just because I think that what is uniquely special about Troy is that it is distance agnostic. So when I went down to vote, I really had to put my ultra running bias to the side. And I really had to think about trail running as a whole, about sky running, about the Golden Trail World Series, about the World Mountain Running Association events, to really try to respect all of those athletes and understand that, you know, it's difficult for ultra runners to show up to maybe only two races a year and knock it out of the park. Right. And at the same time, it's also really, really hard for these short distance athletes to show up maybe 12 times over the course of the season and and like consistently end up on the podium at these really, really like highly competitive races where like you don't have the time to make a mistake during them. So like trying to respect both those things was paramount in my decision making is like, I think is the overarching theme of what my top tens look like. So for the women, I have the queen, our goat, Courtney DeWalter. I think arguably hands down an insane year for her. Um, Sophia Lockley was my number two. Um, Katharina Hartmuth was my number three. Um, Judith Wider was number four. And Katie Scheid was my number five. Um, So a mix of my short distance and my long distance gals um, rounding out my top 10. Ingvild Kasperson, Andrea Mayer, uh, Tony McCann, uh, Yao Miao, and Emily Hoggood. So again, kind of an influx of that short and long distance, paying big respects to the athletes that showed up to the most competitive races this year um, and had to throw down in some just like hotly contested fields. That Sophia Lockley-Judith Wider split was like really hard, but I think Sophia kind of coming out on top of the Golden Trail World Series, um, really like the Mont Blanc Marathon, the Sierras and all, um, really won me over. Obviously, Judith's world's performances were also top-notch and wanted to pay respect to that as well. And then um, Katharina Hartmuth, we'll talk more about her later because she shows up again on my my uh, late, on some later points. But <laughs> man alive, what an insane year for her. Trans-Gran Canaria, Iger, Trail Worlds, um, second at, uh, you know, an amazing UTMB performance and then actually got on the start line and was doing well at, Tour de Jean before ultimately having to drop out. And I am just like floored by how talented this German athlete is. So um big, big props to my my Troy women. Um yeah, awesome. just so excited for next year. I didn't even know about that TD, TDG anecdote with Katarina Hartmuth. What an amazing yeah. season from her. Well, great. Well, last year, remember, great minds were thinking alike and we had a lot of overlap. I'm glad to say that to start here, we do have a few things that are different here on our ballots that will not start at our number one trail runner of the year, Courtney DeWalter. Who, how could it be anybody else? Maybe the greatest season in the history of trail running, as you mentioned. I mean, Western States, the arguably the greatest performance in the history of the sport, breaking her own course record at Hard Rock, winning at UTMB, still running a fast time, though, off the course record that she owns there. But obviously, that'll never, ever happen again, an individual winning Western States Hard Rock, UTMB in the same season. Plus, people forget she did smash Trans-Grand Canaria to start the year. She was seventh overall. She was only 35 minutes off the men's podium at Trans-Grand Canaria. So, Courtney DeWalter, what more can you say? The GOAT, the greatest of all time, the greatest season of all time, bringing home, of course, Trail Runner of the Year for both 
Corinne and myself. I put Katie Scheid in second here. Obviously, there's no wrong answers here, I don't think. The thing that I was impressed with with Katie, for obvious reasons, was her range. She won the Coastal Challenge. Yeah, won the Coastal Challenge early in the year. She ran the second fastest time in the history of Western stage. She was second at OCC, the most competitive 50K in the world, arguably, then won Diagonal de Fou. So it was like a, you know, stage racing to 50K to very competitive 100 milers, finishing on the podium of each of them with a couple really awesome wins. So I put Katie Scheid in second, followed by Sophia Lockley. And I think, I was going to say that that OCC, I think, is like really, really critical there too, just because like that is, you know, you might say coastal, coastal challenge, like maybe not the deepest field, but OCC, like to be on the podium there is just like next level crazy And then the grand raid, come on. I mean, cherry on the top. Sophia Lockley, you said it, but three huge wins on the Golden Trail World Series, Mont Blanc Marathon, Sears and all, Pikes Peak Ascent, won the Golden Trail World Series overall. Didn't she just get a top 10 in a World Cup Nordic race too? Something like that? Yeah, she she's had a good season. Like Jesse Diggins is, and Rosie Brennan are kind of the queens of that team right now, but she did have her first uh, top 10 in a World Cup. Um, yeah, she's she's mega talented. So can't, good. can't keep that girl down. So then I put Andrea Mayer, Austrian vertical racing assassin in fourth place. She was the world champ in the vertical. She did seven races, six victories. So she's sort of where I would say Sophia and the Golden Trail World Series events are in that two to four hour range mostly. Andrea is really the best in the world on the women's side and races sort of under that two hour thresholds. And of course, with a world championship performance, I felt like that was worthy to put her in the top four for me. And then I rounded out my top five with Grayson Murphy. So I will just acknowledge here that four out of my top five were Americans. So I may be showing some American bias. This is the one that I struggled with, with, with Katarina. And I ultimately put Grayson Murphy in fifth because of her double medals at the world championship that alone i think is worthy of being in the top five getting a bronze in the vertical and a gold in the up down race her second world championship the last one back in 2019 plus she had double victories at the u.s mountain running championships um so grace and murphy i put um is top five for me i don't have my full top 10 in front of me i could pull it that's up that's okay but. that's okay we won't we won't punish you i i feel like me saying my top 10 is me like hedging a little bit being yeah. like no look i did give shout outs to x y and z person but grayson wasn't in my top 10 and and that's not like could be an oversight could be my bias towards like a feeling the season wasn't complete on her end. She will come up in my performances of the year, yeah. but she um, she was out for a portion of the season due to kind of mystery illness, autoimmune condition, I think that's been diagnosed recently. We're actually interviewing her um, here in about a week for Trail Society that'll come out, um, I think, leading into the new year. Oh, yeah. So i um, excited to talk to her. But yeah, just like, uh, yeah, you have to like think of like season, season of work and where, where do you weigh different things? And it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's, There's it, no right or wrong answer. How long did it take you to make your ballot? Like, were you making I adjustments? I submitted it. I, my last <laughs> submission was like maybe an hour before the due date, but yeah. I definitely like resubmitted it probably a dozen times. Yeah. I, I submitted my first one, maybe an hour after we opened voting just to like kind of get things started and then toggled mm-hmm. with it all the way up until the 11th hour and made some very significant changes after considering things for two 
straight weeks. But yeah, just to reemphasize something you already said, it is a global vote. It is distance agnostic. It's hard to keep it to 10. So we're just celebrating. It's hard to, to, to remove your biases too. Right, like exactly. even if you think you're being, you know, think you've got your blinders on yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. It's I mean, for me, I, I cringe when I see four Americans in my top five, but I'm also like, ah, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to be objective here. I did have three sort of quote unquote short course specialists in my top five versus Courtney and Katie who are long course specialists. So anyway, a lot of consideration went into it. And again, this we're splitting hairs like, here. We're just having us. fun. <laughs> the men, okay. Corinne, go for it. Okay. So this is, I had some texts back and forth with some people about this and I'm kind of curious to see, you know, the voting gets split here, but um, I had Remy Bonet in, in first, Phenomenal Golden Trail World Series, Pikes Peak um, course record. Just a really great season from Remy. Again, a, like a second really great season. He really came, I think, into his own last year, having been like what we would consider an uphill specialist until recent years to really be a very well-rounded athlete. This year, um, I have Stian Angermund as my second, which I think will be kind of maybe lower down on other people's things. And while he didn't have a huge season, I considered his... Um, defending his world championship title and his performance at OCC so exceptional that I really wanted to consider him into my top three. And then Jim Walmsley in third, while his UTMB run was absolutely insane. I found that the competition at like Nice and Istria weren't maybe as hot as the competition in some of these shorter distance races in particular. Um, so he ended up in third for me. Um, no, no shade in that at all. Um, Jonathan Albin, was my fourth. And then I had to make, I was like splitting hairs a bit between two of our African athletes, Patrick and Philemon. And I ended up putting Philemon Kiriago is my fifth place male. And then like the rest of my top 10 has got a mix of sky running and long distance people, um, including like Aurelian Dunod Palaz and Manuel Morales, et cetera. Um, Roberto Delorenzi. I like added him at the ninth, at the 11th hour. Cause I was like, that dude had an insane season. Great I have year. to give him props. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was, I found, I found them both really hard and that like fifth through 10th position, especially hard on both. And you'll notice like notably, like I left Tom Evans out of there because I didn't think his season was like rounded out enough, et cetera. Mm. But yeah, that's my, my top five with a little bit of added, uh, like, please don't kill me over my votes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Banter. Right. Well, Corinne, yeah, we did have a lot of similar characters in our top five here, but in different orders, I had Jim Walmsley. I put him at the top, call it more American bias, but it was so good to see our great American champion finally bring home the victory at UTMB course record fashion in what will go down as an instant classic battle with Zach Miller rallying late to run one of the great hundred mile performances ever. Like you said, Istria, Nice, not the most competitive races in the world. He's still bringing home course records at both of them, including smashing my course record at Istria, not surprisingly. <laughs> um, plus, you know, a couple other sort of smaller uh, events that he won across the board. And of course, bouncing back from that injury. And I think just putting the bow on top of this UTMB story in such a romantic way for a sports fan like me to just really make it a storybook style conclusion to this two-year journey or no, what has been more of like a five or six-year journey with UTMB, but two years actually living there in France. Jim Walmsley, amazing to see him do it. And I thought that 
course record performance was worthy of placing him in trail runner of the year. Top spot for me behind him, your guy, Remy Bonet, absolute savage, the short course shred monster from Switzerland, Golden Trail World Series champ for the second year in a row, which is, I think we should emphasize to Corinne, Golden Trail World Series is the most competitive series in the world right now. And so when Remy is racing, he is really going up against the best in the world each and every time where, like we were just saying, Nice and Istria, Jim's taken on a few, a handful of guys maybe who could challenge him, but Remy's going up against 15, 20 guys who could challenge him on, on any given course and taking home the second world uh, series victory there for the Golden Trail was amazing. Montblanc Marathon course record and obviously also breaking Matt Carpenter's 30-year-old course record on the Pikes Peak Ascent. One of the great performances in history. So Remy Bonet very solidly in second place. Then I put Aurelien Dunod Palaz in third. Hard Rock and Diagonal Day Fu champion winning both those iconic events in the same year. Pretty awesome. And he won easily in both. We should say he won wire to wire at Hard Rock and did similarly at uh, the Grand Raid in October. Plus he was second at the Maxi race and he won the Wilda Struble 70K um, by UTMB in the summer too. So just a quiet workhorse with sort of like smaller sponsors. And he's a dad, so. Unfortunately, he's not going to be at Hard Rock this year, he yep. just announced, because they are expecting uh, another child. Two. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but I just want to give a lot of respect to Aurelian, just one of those guys who, who flies under the radar, I think internationally, but had an amazing season. He was second at UTMB a couple of years ago when Francois won in 2021. So yeah, just an awesome, awesome athlete. And I felt like he was worthy to be in the top three. Then I had Jonathan Albin. This dude is just the absolute pros pro. And again, like Katie Scheid shows his range. He was third at Zagama, fifth at the world championship, and then finished the season with back-to-back -back wins at CCC and Templier, which are of course two of the most important races in Europe. So Jonathan Albin in fourth. And then I put Patrick Kipiego in fifth. He raced 14 times between June and October. Six wins, a total of 12 podiums, a world championship in the vertical, third at the Golden Trail World Series final. So I put Patrick in fifth for the men. So again, yeah, yeah super, super hard and we're splitting hairs, but amazing yeah. performances. And I just want to make a quick note too. Like, obviously, this is this is Troy, and you and I are both voting members of the public for Uroy as well. And that will be our North American themed thing. We're not going to dive into that, but I do think we should give some shout outs to Tyler Green, Zach Miller, Drew Holman, Anthony Costales, Emily Schmitz, Helen Mino Faulkner, Tara Dower, etc., all of whom had great seasons. Um, but didn't quite make maybe the Troy because they are either North American centric or when you're adding in all the other distances too, just maybe not quite into that uh, top five or top 10 for us. But people that will probably be getting major kudos and nods from the Uroy vote that'll come out in January as well. Yep. I still need to start my Uroy ballot too. So. Same. I've just been like <laughs> quietly like yeah. making edits to it basically. Okay, well, how awesome. Those are our top fives. Tell us if you agree or disagree. Absolutely crucify us in the comment section. 
This episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition and the Orange Drink, the collaborative drink mix between Free Trail and our good friends at Gnarly. The Orange Drink is a new formula of Gnarly's flagship drink mix, the Fuel 2.0. Loaded with everything you need to keep you well-fueled and well-hydrated, the Orange Drink comes with an increased sodium concentration. You know me self-proclaimed electrolyte evangelist. This Fuel 2.0 formula is my perfect trail elixir. The delicious salted orange flavor is both sweet and salty, the perfect combination to prevent taste fatigue and keep your appetite high, no matter how long you're running. The biggest bonus, Free Trail Signpost logo and my big goofy face are both printed on the packaging. One of the coolest examples of true collaboration in my entire career. Visit gonarly.com, use code FREETRAIL15 on the orange drink or any of their other incredible products, BCAAs, performance greens, protein powders, collagen, creatine, they make it all and I use it all. So go check it out, gonarly.com, use code FREETRAIL15. Moving on to performance of the year, Corinne, let's start with the women. Who'd you have? Okay, so I had um, Courtney DeWalter's Western States, I had Grayson Murphy's Up and Down at Worlds, and I had Katie Scheid's Western States um, being out of the course record. But I want to put out honorable mentions to Sophia Lockley's Sears and All, um, Ingvild Kasperson's CCC, Tony McCann's OCC, and then something that wasn't on the ballot that I think deserves a major, major shout out is Camille Heron's course record at Spartathlon, because that was stupid. It was so, so good. So... Courtney kind of coming out on top for me. It was really hard not to just put all of her performances as one, two, three, but wanted to give um, extra big shout outs to Grayson's up down at Worlds and Katie Scheid's insanely good Western States performance that, you know, if, you know, would be the fastest in, in, in like in history, if, if not for Courtney DeWalter. So very cool to see. Why don't you just do your men and then I'll do both of mine. Sweet. Um, on my men's side the that what actually took the top for me and this is where we're gonna have the exact same issue with our men's top uh <laughs> from our men's top five i put steon's occ because that field was bonkers good yeah. like that field was so so good to come out on top of that field blew my mind um and like the late attack in the race i'm biased probably from like watching it unfold in person um I thought that was an exceptionally good run. I put Remy's Pike's Peak Ascent in second, and then Jim Walmsley's UTMB win in third, with honorable mentions going out to Benjamin um, Raboyle's uh, win in the long trail at Worlds, Harvey Lewis's Biggs Backyard, Tom Evans' Western State, and Anthony Costales's Black Canyon. Yeah. God, those are all so good. Right? They're so, <laughs> so good. So incredible. This is why it's so fun to do this podcast every year, because we can just jog our own memories about all the incredible things that happen. I'll take through mine here. I, of course, put Courtney DeWalter's Western States first. As I said earlier, I consider that one of, if not the greatest performances in the history of trail running. I put Courtney DeWalter's Hard Rock in second. Felt kind of goofy, but three weeks removed from that amazing Western States performance to break her own course record at Hard Rock. Absolutely incredible. I put Sophia Lockley, though, at the, the Marathon de Mont Blanc because she... The reason I chose this one was because of the margin of victory. She won by 12 minutes, I want to say, with also, like you mentioned, a super dense competitive field and being a course record performance on a race that has been well-established for many years. I chose Mont Blanc Marathon for my third place with Sophia Lockley. Because I have fourth and fifth up here, I put Katie Scheid's Western States. We just mentioned that, breaking Ellie Greenwood's 
untouchable course record, though, finishing behind Courtney DeWalter. I put that performance in my fourth place position and rounded it out with Courtney DeWalter at Trans Grand Canaria, the race that we just <laughs> mentioned earlier. So I had three Courtney DeWalters in my top 10, or I'm sorry, in my top five. Do you, uh, do you want to criticize me for that before I talk about my men? No, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably ranked her performances, you know, one, two, three in the voting. Um, and they were all amazing performances. I think for me, it was important to be critical of not getting caught up in the performances taking on extra shine because of the context of them being like, all in one season versus like looking at them as like individual yeah. races. And so I try, I try to be really cognizant of that because it was like a context thing that makes them even more spectacular and uh, wanted to maybe spread the love around a yeah. little bit, but we'll take it. I it's understand fine. that instinct. So my men, Remy Bonet, Pike's Peak Ascent, 30-year-old course record held by the absolute legend and icon, Matt Carpenter, running almost under two hours on a 13-mile, 8,000-foot climb. Absolutely ridiculous stuff from Remy Bonet. I remember when I saw that update come through on Twitter. It was probably from Aid Station Fireball, our good guy, Liam Tryon, announcing that Remy had just accomplished the unthinkable that I did a double take on my phone. I thought it was some sort of, you know, meme or some sort of uh, joke because nobody had really ever been close to Matt Carpenter's mark there. So I felt that was totally worthy of performance of the year on the men's side. I put Jim Walmsley's UTMB course record in second. Obviously, like any UTMB win is worth being considered for a performance of the year. And I just looking back again at that race, just you couldn't have drawn it up more perfectly and how it all played out. Having that late rally after Champagne Lock, the way that he caught Zach, Zach being the hero and fan favorite that he is graciously also running under 20 hours. And then the big hug they had at the finish line and that iconic moment of the moment Zach of the year point. Yeah. The moment of the year. Maybe we should add that to our list, but Zach pointing at Jim Walmsley, the two great American champions and good friends. Anyway, Jim was number two for me. I put Steon's second world championship in my third place position. You chose OCC. I chose the world championship, mostly because of what you said earlier, him defending his world championship uh, first in Thailand and then in Austria this year. And then I had Harvey Lewis in fourth, the Biggs backyard shenanigans, absolutely mind boggling stuff. And then I put Patrick Kipiego's uphill um, victory at the world championship in fifth. So I felt like this was interesting too, Corinne, because we had everything from like a VK with Patrick Kipiego's uh, uphill world championship and, and sort of Remy's Pikes Peak Ascent. So short, short races, and then Harvey's like 450 mile, uh, Biggs backyard, Saga. all in my yeah. top five. So anyway, it just shows, yeah. I think the diversity of the sport. And that's one of the things that is so fun about being a fan of the sport. And one of the things that we're trying to capture here with our trail run of the year and trail performances of the year. So Amazing, amazing stuff. Moving on, let's talk about FKTs. Of course, we don't consider this in our voting. Fastestknowntime.com does release fastest known times of the year. I'm not entirely sure who votes on those. Um, they will be recognizing them, but maybe let's give a few shout outs to some of the fastest known time runners this year, Corinne. 
Yeah, they're publicly nominated and then privately voted on, I believe. And it's kind of insane because akin to what we just talked about for performance of the year, you know, it is there are short things and there are long things that fall into that. Like we're talking months long journeys type of thing. And it's really hard to apples to oranges. All of them um, would not want to be on the voting the voting side of that one, I think. Um, I feel like our job with Troy and Uroy is way easier um, than FKT of the year. But I notable ones that I picked out included Claire Banworth's um, Colorado Trail self-supported in nine days, two hours and 50 minutes. Um, mega, mega fast. The Colorado Trail saw a lot of action this year, particularly on the women's side, both in supported and unsupported and self-supported fashion um, was really, really cool to see. Um, and then Hillary Girardi's Mont Blanc FKT, the round trip from Chamonix, also known as Killian's Route, um, mega effort on her end. And she actually broke Emily Forsberg's record on it by 30 minutes, um, which is taking a lot off of, you know, what is under an eight hour um, course, you know, course, like course record on it. So that is, that is a pretty big time cut to take down on the men's side. Similarly, one long, one short. I've got Jack Kunzel's, uh, Denali besting Killian. I think if you best Killian at something, you better get some kudos for it. Um, so that was incredibly impressive. I think a lot of us were like, what is actually happening when this FKT took place? And it he was smashed really cool it to see. Too. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was actually Carl Egloff's record. Since oh, Killian right. broke Since it. Killian, mm-hmm. totally. So, um, yeah, I think the the media hype was mostly about Killian and people forget poor old Carl on there. Yeah. Um, speaking of Carl's, um, Carl Sobs PCT was also on my, oh my goodness, this is stupid fast, must give kudos list. This is his second time doing the PCT in its entirety. Um, he bested Tim um, Timmy Olsen's FKT by five days, which bests his former, like Carl's own formal time by like six days in 46 days, 12 hours and 50 minutes. And then special shout out though, in the PCT category has to go out to Nick Fowler who went unsupported in 52 days, which, you know, like six years ago when Carl did his first PCT did it in 52 days. Like that's how fast this guy went, I guess, technically self-supported. Um, like that's, that's insane. 52 days self-supported on that thing is also stupid. So um, the long, the long, long people and the mountain people, y'all just blew my brains this year. This blew my mind. So, so cool. Yeah. So awesome. We wrote down basically the exact same ones. I just wanted to give a special shout out to Nina Bridges and Tara Dower, who on the women's side of the Colorado trail sort of went, uh, toe to toe. Yeah. Duked it out. Yeah. Tara Dower took the record first in an absolutely ridiculous time, something eight, eight hours and change. And then yeah, eight days. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Eight days and change. And then Nina broke Tara's record by a couple of hours only. I think three or four weeks later. So like you said, a lot of action happening there on the Colorado Colorado Trail, especially with the women in July and August of 2023. Um, another one, I don't think you mentioned, David Hedges took the Nolan's 14 FKT by a two hour margin. Another Massive. like, yeah, another so fast. big margin taken off that. It was held by Joey Campanelli, who importantly did do it in self-supported fashion, but had the overall... FKT. So David Hedges did it in supported fashion and now takes the overall FKT and, um, you know, the supported style FKT. The Jack one, I think is also just worth, I, I guess, repeating, even though it's more of a ski 
What an incredible thing. And this guy is such an interesting character who just... Such a character. Yeah, who just goes after these FKTs with so much courage and style. I just love it. And if you go on fastestknowntime.com and look up his name and just click on some of the records that he has and, and read his FKT reports are also just totally hilarious. And he adds a lot of fun personality and color. So a big shout out to everybody that we mentioned here uh, who chased those FKTs. It's not all about racing. It's about getting after it. Yeah. And, and many more people too. And it's creative, I think is the mm-hmm. cool thing with FKTs. It's like, oh, cool. Like I'm going to do you know, Rainier, but I'm going to go from the bay. I'm going to go from the ocean or I'm going to go like, there's like, I think people can attribute a lot of meaning to their FKTs too. Like a woman set the self-supported like superior hiking trail record this year. It's like, there are all these cool projects where you can, I think, really align with like personal goals. Like I really want to do the Washington section of the PCT, which would be a behemoth undertaking. It'll be like a probably eight to 10 day effort. And it's like, you know, but it's my backyard and that would be really, really cool. So I think it's like fun to start dreaming about these things that might not involve race bibs. Yeah. And I, it just popped into my head too. mentioning Carl, the PCT record holder who you just mentioned, took down Timothy Olson's record by five days. He also was a Barkley finisher this year. And I think a he's season. a, he's a dentist in Belgium, I want to say. So again, one of those personalities that I'm always attracted to of just being a normal dude who's capable of extraordinary things. So shout out to Carl for not only a PCT FKT, but also a Barkley finisher in 2023. So moving on rookies of the year. I have a feeling I know what you're going to (laughs) call back to here in this category. So why don't we start with the women? Yeah. So I I have two men and two women and I've got kind of a short distance standout slash who I think is going to be like a huge deal next year um, and long distance for the same reasons. And that is um, Anna Gibson on the women's side, um, coming straight out of college, mixing it up on the Golden Trail World Series, getting her feet wet. And I think like really sticking the landing. I think sometimes with crossover athletes, that takes them a little while to adjust or figure it out or they they fumble a little bit. And I feel like Anna came in and and stuck the landing in a pretty, a pretty good um, manner. And I'm super excited to see what next year has in store for her or the next couple of years has in store for her super young, super talented athlete. And then Katharina Hartmuth, who we mentioned earlier, um, while she has been running ultras for a number of years, um, I believe she's doing a PhD in Switzerland that she's German in like the same area that both Katie Scheid and, um, oh my goodness, who is our marathoner? Brinkman, Nina, yeah, or Ninka. Yeah, yeah. Ninka Brinkman, like same, like literally like all in the same block. They did their PhDs. Really? So yeah. So also another brilliant scientist runner, um, but she picked up sponsorship for the first time this year with Hoka. And I feel like that just like, I don't know, elevated her, gave her the support she needed to travel. Um, but I feel like while she has done some races over the last couple of years, largely in Switzerland and Austria, this was a breakthrough year for her and i think when i think of rookie of the year i think of who do i expect to see do some really cool things next year and the year after who is going who wasn't part of the conversation before this season and now oh my goodness you better have her on your podium picks in like in like in uh fantasy free trail because they are going to be there like you can't they're not an underdog anymore is like how i like to view it so those are my women do you want me to do my men or do you want to do your well yeah maybe uh, because i had the exact same too so i maybe just to repeat what you just said for those who may be confused yeah 
rookie of the year is meant to be interpreted in one of two ways. Either this person is brand new to the sport, has never really been a trail runner before, and they performed admirably, or there's somebody with a little bit of experience who have not become household names to this point in their career, but who had a breakout season in 2023. I also chose Anna Gibson, maybe just to tick through some results. First at the Broken Arrow Vertical, second at the Broken Arrow 23K, third at the Pikes Peak Ascent, fourth at Mammoth Trail Fest, and then finished off with a 14th at the Golden Trail World Series Final. And then what you said about Katarina, just what a phenomenal streak of consistent performance culminating with a second place at the world's biggest 100-mile race, UTMB. So can't wait to see both of them as they break through into this, you know, sort of upper echelon of trail athletes globally. Go with the men. Yeah. Okay. And so the men's sort of similar, but also a little bit wild cardy. So on the short distance, like, oh my goodness, they are fresh off of collegiate track. And I thought they had a stunning season. I had both Christian Allen, who goes by Slim, got a, like a rockin' mullet situation going Dude's on. Got Dude's got Dude's swag. Dude's got swag. Mega swag. Um, fresh off of BYU track. Um, won the Speedgoat 50K, just performed super well at CIM. Like he he stuck it. Like he he went to Europe to race and stuck the landing. And that does not always happen with people coming out of collegiate track and field. And he did that. I wanted to also add Mika uh Bodin Russo to that mix as well. He had some amazing golden trail um performances this year, uh fresh Stanford graduate, and then also um just had a great performance at Doi Anthanon in Thailand in his first ever 50K. So he will be looking to go to OCC this next year. Very, very excited about the whole Brooks, like young men's team in particular. And then here's my wild card that you're going to be like, really, this is who you picked? I um, I want to give a shout out to Caleb Olson specifically. Yeah, because while one. I think Really good one. Yeah. He's been like, he he's not new to the trail scene per se, but he, this year was really like a step up I think like he's a person that's not like, oh, who's that anymore? Like, I think he's going to be on the radar now. He won Grindstone um, 100K uh, earlier this fall and then just was second to Dmitry Mitieva in, um, at UTCT. Going going international like that and sticking an international podium is a big deal. He didn't have the worlds that I think we wanted him to have um, back in June, but like the guy's stock, like if I had to buy stock in an ultra runner for next season, it'd be in Caleb Olson. Yep. So just want to give him a like a huge shout out, like rising, rising ultra star. You know, I think he's 28. I don't think he's 30 yet. Like I'm I'm investing in Caleb. Yeah, really, really good pick there. Beating Anthony Costales in Cape Town. I think he was second at Lake Sonoma to qualify for the world's team. Yes. So, yeah, right behind, behind Drew. So yeah. like two, two phenomenally good runs, bad worlds per se, but then like, to come back swinging with grindstone and UTCT feels like a like he's on a he's on a high and I'm yep. going to invest. If he doesn't make the Euroi ballot, it's criminal. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to Caleb. Awesome season. Corinne, again, great minds think alike. I also had Mika and Christian and then maybe two honorable men th- mentions for me. You mentioned Benjamin Rubiel earlier in the podcast here. Again, the world champion in the long course race in Austria in June, only 24 years old. I had never heard this kid's name to emerge into the world championship and win against obviously some of the best athletes in the world. Keep your eye out for this very young young athlete from France. And then a guy who I had on the podcast just a few weeks ago, who I'm just so impressed by and who I'm convinced is going to be one of the best in the world over the next several years is Ben Demon, American yeah. athlete who lives in France. 
Again, course record performances at Peñacolosa and UTMB Andorra had a tough DNF at UTMB Mont Blanc, but then rounded out the season with another great podium at Templier. So again, showing range. And rising sh- star. Rising star, super competitive, thinks so strategically and intentionally about his training. I just think he has that perfect mix of talent, hard work, and a unique novel approach that is driven by confidence and intellectualism, if if you want to say it that way. But yeah. anyway. I, and I, I would just say too, a little like fun fact about Benjamin. I think he was supposed to run either OCC or CCC or something at UTMB. He dropped out like, of TDS. Oh, he dropped out of TDS. Yeah. So he dropped out of TDS and then he picked up a camera. Do you know who was filming Steon at OCC? Was it him? It was him. Amazing. And no one else could keep up with Steon for sure on that. And it was it was Benjamin with a he was one of our uh, camera runners for OCC. Oh, what a and great so story. It's just like yeah, about like, oh, dropped out of TDS. The weather is bad. That was a horrible experience. I'm going to become a camera runner for the rest of the weekend. Um, and there was no way anyone else is going to keep up with Steon as he charged up towards La Flagere. So and major what, kudos. How illustrative is that of some cool character trait, right? To come back from disappointment, to make the most of it by getting a front row seat to one of the greats of our generation, bringing home one of the great performances of the year. So hopefully Benjamin got a lot of inspiration from seeing Steon, the great Norwegian, bring home that victory. And thanks to him for capturing it for all of us trail fans out there. Moving on, the overall story of the year. This was a year chock full of stories, and a lot of them were backloaded here in the last month. What do you think, Corinne? Yeah, so my take on this is that, you know, despite the chaos, the like the talent level at the sharp end of trail running is getting hotter and hotter. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about Christian's mullet. I'm not talking physicality here. I'm talking like the talent is insane right now. And it's not just crossover athletes coming in from other endurance sports. It's or fresh out of collegiate athletics. It is this rise in athletes from Asia, South America, and Africa in particular. And I think that that is so important because the sport has historically been dominated by Western Europe and North America. And, and by dominated, I mean like that's where the money is. The money is there. We've got easy access to races, et cetera. Getting athletes out of South America, Asia, and Africa to these big start lines to fund them appropriately has not really been happening until recently. And I think that we are going to see this continued elevation in the sport because of those athletes. Like, look at the Chinese athletes who we've known have been good for decades, finally getting starts at Western States, finally getting starts at the UTMB World Series finale. Like, Shen is, like, a great example. That Xing Zhen, who was fourth at Western States, had a phenomenal uh, CCC this year as well to kind of round out his season. Like, that is what I am thrilled about is like the rise of the Asian, South American, and African athletes to the upper echelons of trail running. Awesome. See, again, great minds, great minds are thinking alike, but I'm going to build off what you said in a future category, sticking with my overall stories of the year. I just wrote down a couple of here. Uh, Again, some things that you've already mentioned. Athletes coming straight out of college. You mentioned Anna Gibson and Mika Boudon-Rousseau, who raced at 
the University of Washington and Stanford, respectively, going straight to Brooks and now racing racing professionally as trail athletes, although I think both intend to still be versatile and cross over between road, track, and trail. It's so cool to see athletes come straight out of college with trail ambitions and perform super well, and it could be the wave of the future. Maybe we'll see more high-level collegiate athletes who will come straight to trails and, and forego any opportunity to race on the track or on the road. And to me, that is exciting and feeds into what you just said about the increasing concentration of ridiculous talent in the sport. Obviously, there's been a ton of friction in the sport. I don't think we even need to go into the details, but we'd be silly not to at least recognize that that was part of the overall story of the year. We at Free Trail are going to strive very hard now and in the future to be positive voices and unifying forces. That's not to say that, uh, you know, we're not going to be critical ever, but we will do our best to ensure that this friction doesn't become totally regular and that we can, you know, continue to emphasize positivity and all the wonderful stories that are happening in our sport. But that was certainly one of the stories of 2023 was uh, a lot of friction and, and some negativity. Um, another thing I wrote down here, just like the continued mega growth and the influx of the biggest brands in the world and the interest that trail running is generating among the general public. I just think that it, we'd be remiss not to recognize that there was even more of a breakthrough in that regard this year in 2023 and that trail running really does seem to have broken through into some semblance of the mainstream consciousness. It comes with positives and negatives for sure, but uh, pretty awesome to see more and more people whose lives have been touched and impacted positively through their exposure to this incredible sport. And then uh, the other thing that I was just going to say is the overall story of the year happened recently too. And that's uh, the announcement of the world trail majors. And I I'll sort of build off this again in our predictions for next year. But to me, that field felt like a really big development of um, sort of a, the most respectable independent race series that we have now in the sport. And to me, that's going to be important for the future of the sport. And we can talk about that more in a little bit, but those are my, my stories of the year. Anything you want to add to that, Corinne? No, I think that, that, that like really sums up or at least gives an overview of the things that we felt like felt were very impactful or shaped the narrative that we existed within, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. Yeah. Um, and I would just say too, like I said this at the beat top of the hour, like I think that we can be critical from a place of love and care. I'm not like a woo-woo, like always happy, positive person. It's like not in my nature. Eliza LaPierre calls me cloudy with a chance of rain. Um, <laughs> that probably suits my personality a little bit more. But I think it's important to realize that like we can do so constructively. We can do so kindly. We can do so um, coming from a place of like trying to understand one another. Um, I don't think that we need to be like, I don't think mob mentalities are going to get us anywhere, but I want us all to like, you know, stand up for the sport, stand up for what we believe is the future of the sport and, you know, try to keep our compasses headed towards whatever that moral center ground, high ground is. So yeah, 2023 has been a trip. 2024, I'm my, I'm hoping my stress levels go down a little, a little Same bit. Z's. Well said. Thank you for adding that. 
This episode is brought to you by Ketone IQ. I am not joking when I say Ketone IQ has changed the Bowman household for the better. My wife Harmony and I started testing this product earlier in 2023 and it has become a subject of almost daily conversation. The thing that is amazing is how helpful it is across both sport and especially lifestyle applications. I take a shot before all my workouts and long runs and definitely feel a deeper level of endurance energy and especially mental focus though i have nothing but my own subjective experience to back this up i have a hypothesis that it actually makes me a little bit mentally tougher which i absolutely need right now similarly ketone iq has really helped me to cut back on my caffeine intake while increasing focus and clarity during my long work days it's like you got the mental energy of coffee without the inevitable come down or caffeine crash ketone iq has been a legitimate game changer we couldn't recommend it enough visit hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 to get 30 percent off your first subscription hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 moving on to something that i think you and i both cherish that being the bill duper spirit award just to repeat here the bill duper spirit award is a celebration of bill duper who was the biggest super fan in the history of trail running he lived in leadville colorado never ran a trail race himself but was as informed as corinne and myself about the characters in the sport the racing dynamic and of course solomon made a beautiful film about him many years ago that i would encourage everybody to look up on youtube and this is meant to be a celebration of somebody who's had a broad impact on the community in some way that has nothing to do with performance and race results corinne who did you pick for the bill duper spirit award Okay, so I think every year I have to caveat it with saying we can't give this award to Jamil Curry every single season <laughs> because we could. We don't we totally we, could. We could, yes. Um so Jamil, honorary, honorary Bill Duper for forever. Um He was my year, inaugural uh, recipient, Jamil was yeah, two years ago. I think ago. we both picked him year one. Maybe We're we like, did, oh, yeah. darn. Um but uh my pick this year is um Hillary Jardy. And that is because she talks the talk and walks the walk when it comes to trying to be a runner that is for the environment. It's what she does professionally, um, like in an office capacity as well. Um, but I've also been privy to like the environmental working group minutes within the PTRA, including the, you know, hot and spicy meetings with UTMB over the DOTSA sponsorship, et cetera. And Hillary is a force to be reckoned with. She is a runner who is pushing us in the right direction, who is pushing us all to be better. And some of that work might be, you know, behind closed doors in these in these private meetings. Um, some of it's very public as well. And I just think that I want to give her extra huge kudos this year for being a voice of reason, um, understanding that we can't be perfect advocates, that, you know, even when it comes to environmental initiatives, like none of us are perfect. Um big or small. And I just think that Hillary is someone who is like really being the squeaky wheel and being a voice of reason and uh, really trying to look out for the sport as we grow while being mindful of our environmental impacts, both big and small. So Hillary Girardi, you get my Bill Duper Spirit of the Word this year. Great pick. It reminds me, I need to get Hillary on the podcast very soon. You sure yes. do. She's just the very best. I will send her a note as soon as we're done here. Corinne. My Bill Duper Spirit Award. Let's try not to cry as we give a big hug and pat on the back to Brian Powell from yes. Iron Far, grinding away for 15 years on ironfar.com, the media institution, the thing that 
paved the way for things like free trail and everything else that, you know, that lifted our sport so much just based on his hard work and sweat and tears and blood stepping back from the editor in chief role. He went to Alaska on a long road trip, took a sabbatical, took a sabbatical, rested, and now he's back working at least part time on ironfar.com again. And, you know, I think he, he probably couldn't pry himself away from the thing that he had created entirely, but he did empower his partner, the great Megan Hicks, who would also be a very worthy Bill Duper Spirit Award recipient this year, but empowered Megan to step into that leadership role, allowing him to take a little bit of a backseat. I saw him at the airport in Austin, Texas, where he was boarding a flight to San Francisco with me and my family. I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> he said, oh, I'm just catching a connection. I'm meeting Megan at SFO, and then we're flying to New Zealand together. And I yeah. got to tell you, having been friends with Brian Powell for 15 years, he's never looked better. You know, he's he looked healthy. He looked rested. And, you know, I, I know he's super proud of everything that he's built with I Run Far, and I'm glad he's got a well-deserved opportunity to to step back and out of the leadership position and out of the mega grind that he's subjected himself to, to the benefit of the rest of us over the last decade and a half. Uh, so I just wanted to give a big public acknowledgement and gratitude to Brian Powell, who was also very good friends with Bill Duper, we should say, and who was, I think, really impacted uh, at Bill's passing to give Brian Powell the recognition of being the 2023 Bill Duper Spirit Award for me just feels right. And uh, we're just very appreciative of everything he's done for the sport. Yeah. And I think I put up this Instagram post the other day that was like, what I've learned over the last couple of weeks is like letting people know they're doing a good job, like how impactful that is. And like Brian and Megan were people I texted during the last couple of weeks, just being like, hey, like, I want you to know that you're doing good work. Like you, like you're amazing. I appreciate you. Cause I think that we are oftentimes like working, working alone, with our heads down, grinding away. And it's like, just really good to hear, hear that. And Brian and Megan are people that I think have been just supremely impactful on so many of us in the sport in general. So yeah. Uh, text, send that text. Hi, moral send compass. Send that email. Yeah. Megan, I, we should recognize here too, wrote a beautifully reported piece about the whole Whistler UTMB ordeal in a way that just oozed professionalism and credibility. And I think really they're the only people in the sport who are maybe with some of the only people in the sport who can thread that needle and who do have the trust of the community. So a big shout out to both Brian and Megan. I am now remembering Corinne who our past Bill Duper Spirit Award winner recipients are. 2021, it was Jamil Curry and you picked Stephanie Case yeah. last year. I picked Brendan Madigan. You picked Zoe Rome. So this year, oh, this is good. Hillary Girardi and Brian Powell. So that's good recall. Yeah. I was not going to get us there ever. See, this, these are the things that my brain is good at. See, normally, I'm else. the I, I'm that person generally <laughs> for us, you know. So man, okay. Work. So we're getting close to the end here, Corinne. Let's make uh, some predictions for 2024. Then we'll do some personal introspection, and then we'll sign off here. What are your predictions for 2024? Yeah. So what I wrote down was that we will have new and revisited technologies enter the chat. And what I mean by revisited technologies um, are things that we see in other endurance sports that haven't really come to trail running yet because we're like a decade behind. 
our cycling and skiing brethren. Um, so I'm like looking at like the Coros heart rate armband. I'm seeing a lot of runners with that on. I think we're going to adopt more heart rate and blood lactate info and data into training and testing protocols, which I think is really, really exciting. And then kind of piggybacking off of that, um, looking to see like how AI and kind of these engineered coaching platforms also enter the chat. Um, I've been working on one called Tracer for like months now. And I think akin to like trainer road and cycling, this is going to be something that comes in and doesn't replace one-on-one -on -one coaching, but like kills the static plan mm. in a big way because it's going to provide like low cost adaptable training. And I'm really excited for more athletes to like have their hands on a day-to-day -day training go-to. So I think that like, yeah, new and revisited technologies are my like interesting introspective predictions for 2024. Super interesting. I'm worried that AI is going to take both of our jobs in 2024. They could create a podcast <laughs> that is totally a deep fake of just our audio. Uh, yeah, There's especially so much out there. Yeah, they could they could ingest thousands of hours of you and I talking, and I'm sure they could regurgitate something that sounds 99% like the real thing. So. There's going to be an Instagram account like your boy Scott Jurek that's yeah. just the two of us like having meaningless conversations for hours. Give us one more year without stealing our jobs, please, Silicon Valley, <laughs> for God's sake. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great one. I'm really, yeah, that was interesting. I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. So calling back to something that you were just talking about a second ago in sort of the overall story of the year, one of my predictions was going to be the increased dissociation or, you know, to what you said earlier, typically trail running has been mostly associated with North America and Europe, right? And this year I felt like it was a breakthrough where now we really are seeing the Asian exposure to the sport. We just talked about Philemon and Patrick, the great Kenyan athletes who uh, are in the conversation for that trail runner of the year performance. So we've got Asia, we've got Africa, we've got South America, all emerging and ascending in the global trail running consciousness. There's now more and more racing opportunities in those geographies too. So basically one of my predictions was just going to be, you know, the, the reduced relative importance of North America and Europe, obviously they'll both be significant in the global calendar, produce a lot of the great athletes, but it is now a global sport. And I think a prediction for 2024 is that will only become more the case. The other thing that I was just thinking is that, you know, there has been a lot of friction recently, right? And, and that may lead to some sort of a correction in this, you know, corporate versus local um, you know, dichotomy that exists in the sport to some degree, right? Like maybe we do see a return to more local and independent races uh, versus, you know, sort of these super high production value, super corporate, super branded race experiences. And I think that the events that will succeed or that will, I think, capture the mind space of a lot of runners is those who find that happy medium between local and independent and high production value, super professional experience for the front, middle, and back of the pack. So those are the my two predictions for next year, continued internationalization, and maybe a return to a local slash independent grassroots mindset. What do you That's think? That's where Brenda? we put in, put in plugs for the big Alta and Gorge. Yeah, yeah. Come Gorge register. Waterfalls <laughs> weekend. No, it's just like, I, I, I agree. I think that there's there's something to be said for for racing at various levels, at various distinctions. 
And I think that, yeah, like I, I'm really excited for my 2024 calendar. It's got some internet, a little bit of international flavor, but it's got a lot of like what I would consider like the big league local races where it's like, I'm really excited to be there to experience the community, to, to be a part of like well-established race weekends, um, that are a lot closer to home. So both, both working on my carbon footprint and, uh, and, uh, supporting the, the local trail running spirit, because I think that's important and it's super grounding too. Amazing. And what a perfect segue as we start to talk about Corinne Malcolm's racing calendar for 2024. As usual, we sign off with our personal highlights for 2023 and goals or things that we're excited about for 24. Corinne, why don't you get us started? Yeah. So I think last year I was like, my personal highlight was I returned to a start line and I'm like, oh, it's kind of the exact same thing. But I think last year felt like a false start. Like I kind of got back back to running after injury. I kind of returned to racing and it took a little bit longer to like actually work out the kinks and be healthy and feel like I can actually lay down training and like taper because I've been training enough that I get to taper type of thing. I'm not like panic training anymore. I got back to my first hundred mile start line and finish line since 2019. And as a person who considers themselves a hundred mile specialist, that's a long time to not wow. actually run a hundred. Um, and I was able to finish more than one ultra this year and stay healthy throughout that entire process. So I'm really excited about that because while I consider myself like a coach and trail running media person, probably first and a professional athlete second, I'm like so excited looking ahead at my race calendar for 2024 and getting to be like in a bunch of cool places and get to a bunch of start lines and hopefully a bunch of finish lines. And I'm confident that I can do it versus last year. I was like, I hope this works out. And now I'm like, heck yeah, we got a plan. And it's very exciting. Are you going to be more specific? I'm sure your fans want to know where oh they're going to find goodness. you. Oh my goodness, fine. Okay, here's the tentative <laughs> plan. And it's subject to scrutiny from my sponsors. But what I would like to do is uh, you'll see me at Chuckanut 50K in March. You'll see me at Gorge 50K. LF Gorge. In April, um, both working some media and uh, and running a 50K. You'll see me at Transvolcania in May. Um, I'm so excited to go back there. That was my first ever international race, like six years ago. And I'm like, so stoked to get back there. Um, I'm, I'm playing with like Tusher's 70K potentially in Utah at the end of July. And then I really want to do run rabbit run. I've wanted to do this race since I ran my first hundred mile at Leadville in 2017. And I've said, I'm going to run it every single year. And then I haven't. Um, my friends have teased me about this incessantly. So I am planning to be on the start line for run rabbit in September and uh, yeah, looking forward to a little bit of mountain time, pending maybe one more international race would replace something like Tusher's, you know, sponsor obligations aside. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like really jazzed to like get to drive to races and get to like sleep in my own bed and yeah, just like explore my mountains here, you know, like I wouldn't rule out like a Wonderland FKT attempt or something. Uh -oh. Like there's there's some there's some stuff that could happen here in Washington State, and I'm like very excited about there's it. Section J, you brought that into my consciousness. Yeah, Section J, and I had an like, absolute so much cool vision quest out here. there. It's one of the coolest, most beautiful single day pushes of my career, even if I did suffer immensely. But yeah, well, there's what a great cool calendar! At home. And you're validating yeah. my predictions for next year. Return to local. Return to indie. Really awesome, Corinne. So great to see you back on the horse. An awesome run at Ultra Trail Cape Town and great momentum to build into next year. And we can't wait to have you at Gorge. 
Oh, personal yeah, highlights. Pry the, pry the megaphone out of my cold, dead hands. Yeah, there. actually, you could spell me a little bit on the MC duties. That would be amazing. I got I'm sure you. people would I got appreciate you covered. <laughs> personal highlights for me, Corinne. I survived another year on planet Earth. Incredible, incredible. With a baby. With a baby. My, I kept my son alive. He just passed 16 months in age. He brings immense joy into our family's life every single day. He's walking. He's sort of talking now. He's giving me kisses, which is just the most pure feeling of joy that I've ever experienced in my life when my son comes and gives me a kiss on my cheek. It's the most amazing thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the thing I'm feeling proud of this year is that, you know, after three years of really grinding, I just feel proud and grateful and thankful to everybody who contributes to Free Trail. And then it feels like we, we've sort of established ourselves as being worthy of existing and becoming a thing. And, you know, obviously it's taken a lot and, um, you know, it's only a reality just given the quality of people that we have working on it. And so the people who, um, you know, sacrifice a lot alongside you and I, Corinne, and uh, make this thing a reality, it's super not easy, but you know, we've, uh, we've survived another year, which to me is an amazing accomplishment because it was certainly not a given. And uh, hopefully this time next year, we're, we're still standing. We're still surviving. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for me, like athletically, there weren't a lot of <laughs> highlights, unfortunately, but I did finish at Hard Rock, which was a victory in itself, something that... Keeps the dream alive. Yeah. Keeps that Hard Rock qualifier up to date, you know? <laughs> well, that's actually a good segue here to my hope for 2024, but before I move off of it, yeah, just important for me to get through that one and see it through to the end and again, carry my son to the rock and give it a kiss and you know, go through all those demons of really desperately wanting to quit, but seeing something through to the end and then recognizing the value of it after the fact. And it's created a really interesting and fun relationship with the gentleman, Bill Shum, who did get me out of that aid station and got me on the trail and back to Silverton. And we're going to be announcing some fun stuff that he and I are now working on as a result of that powerful experience that, again, just speaks to the life-changing nature of the sport and just the amazing experiences that we take with us off of the race course and out of the mountains and the relationships they build and the value that it can have in the real world. So we'll be announcing that in January. And yeah, the segue then, Corinne, is that I did not get into hard rock this year. And what that allows for is something totally new. And I feel like that's exactly what I need right now, right? Like I've done so many of the races and I would really, really like to make a comeback. I probably said this at the end of our show last year, Corinne, but I'd really like to make a, a comeback on the racing front in 2024 and not getting into hard rock while disappointing. It opens up a really fun opportunity to just do something I've never done, do something totally new, focus on new goals, new races. And I haven't quite figured out what that might look like. Can I tell you what race I think you should do? Tell me. I think that you should go next October to Japan to the Lake Biwa 100. That sounds fun. It's a new hard rock qualifier because UTMF or Mount Fuji 100, I think this is its last year as a qualifier. And the Lake Biwa 100 will be kind of, as of this 
upcoming October will become a first-time qualifier. And I know that you look for any excuse to get to Japan. And I'm like, I'm jealous that I don't think I can do this race this next year. And I totally think that you should. I'm going to look it up. But yeah, that that was sort of what I wanted to sign off with is just like, you know, we're all going into the end of the year. 2024 is a blank canvas. Not getting into hard rock makes it even more of a blank canvas for me. There are a lot of things that I know I'll be doing again for, you know, the, the for, you know, multiple times in a row, including being your co-host at Western States and Broken Arrow. And I will be at hard rock for sure. But competitively, it will be a totally blank canvas and hopefully I can find new opportunities and new things that really motivate me and get me uh, disciplined as an athlete again. So working on that. So stay tuned for updates on Dylan's race calendar in the near future. (laughs) Corinne, yeah. any closing comments for our listening and viewing audience before we sign off for the year? And then just exhale super loud into the microphone. It's like when my dog sighs really loudly, just like, oh, we're done. Um, no, I like 2023 had its ups and downs. It had a lot of really good, some weird, some bad, some ugly. But just like the community continues to rally in a way that I just find incredibly inspirational. So I hope that that never, never changes and that we find new and unique ways to continue to support you all as well. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us for forever and ever. And uh, we'll have a good time in 2024. Trail culture. Corinne, thank you so much. Another great year hanging out with you. Look forward to more next year. Love it. Sounds great. There you have it. Another year in the books. Thank you to Corinne for joining me again. She is just the best. And I so enjoy this end of year tradition that we've cultivated together over the last three years. Make sure you go click through and listen to Trail Society, Corinne's real podcast that she does with Keely Henninger and Hillary Allen, where they do a lot to elevate the conversation in the sport. Best podcast out there. Free Trail Pro members, please do jump in Slack. Let us know what we missed. One last opportunity for digital banter before we shut it down for the holidays. If you're not a member, go sign up now. It's only $10 a month or $96 for the year. We're doing onboarding calls. We're sending new member gifts. So it's no better time to join than right now. And again, we do now have the ability to gift a membership. What a great Christmas present it would be for the trail runner in your life. There is a link in the show notes with instructions. Finally, a big thank you to our sponsor, Speedland. Run speedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off. Gnarly Nutrition. Go gnarly.com. Use code FREETRAIL15 for 15% off. And HVMN slash Ketone IQ. Get 30% off your first subscription of Ketone IQ by visiting hvmn.com forward slash FREETRAIL30. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. We'll talk to you again very soon. Love you mucho. Bye-bye.